Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, joined by the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, in what has been a pretty devastating, I would say, 24 hours for basketball fans and people that love the game as much as we do. And, and certainly most of our listeners are in that bracket, Frank, and kind of hard to believe. And I know we just briefly spoke for for a couple of minutes here before we started recording, but uh, this was not anything that you could ever imagine that would have possibly happened because as sports fans, I think that sometimes you build up this feeling that your sports heroes or stars are these invincible warriors that <laughs> nothing can happen to them. And and I, I think the biggest thing for me is that outside of the game of basketball, uh, this was uh, multiple families that are affected by this and uh, Kobe as a father and obviously his daughter as well and the multiple other families that were in this helicopter. This has been uh, an incredibly traumatic 24 hours that I don't think that um, anyone could have imagined possible or would be prepared for. Yeah, I mean, I think what is um, what stands out and why it has created um, such an impact across, I mean, not just basketball fans but i mean this is you know this is leading national news um this was leading international news you know sporting events around the world were paying tribute to kobe um is because i think the the magnitude of the tragedy i mean this would have been a newsworthy tragedy if the people on that plane were you know that the helicopter were people that you know were just average citizens that nobody nobody knew um or, or that didn't have a public profile uh, you know, nine, losing nine people, um, you know, children, parents, as you said, um, it's, it's a huge tragedy, um, you know, uh, and, and then to have that kind of tragedy amplified by someone who obviously meant so much to, uh, so many sports fans, um, obviously just, just changes the whole dynamic significantly. So, um, I think there were different ways that people were processing it, especially on Sunday. I mean, I, so I, um, I get up early on weekends with my daughter, uh, her second birthday was on Sunday. And, um, a lot of the times she'll take a nap around noon and sometimes, and if I'm tired, I'll, I'll just take a nap and, um, just lay, lay with her in, in, uh, in our bed and I'll just take a nap and she'll sleep for like two hours, sometimes longer. And so we literally just, you know, it's, it's one of the like amazing things as a parent, you know, just to lay there with your little kid and, you know, like they're all at peace and, you know, it's kind of an indescribable feeling and to wake up from that, hmm. check my phone and to see, I mean, I think everybody can relate to it. It's just what, like, you know, is this some weird dream that I'm experiencing? What, what's like Kobe dying in a helicopter crash. And then, you know, I think, um, I personally, uh, 
waiting to figure out whether any of his children were in that plane or in the helicopter was um, kind of weirdly, well, not weirdly, but I mean, that, that was brought its own level of anxiety, right? Because again, to lose anyone, to lose adults in this way is, is horrible to, to lose children on top of that is makes it even worse. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I processed this um, really not as like a Kobe fan per se. I mean, I can't say I was like a big fan of Kobe. I'm, I'm not a Lakers fan. Uh, I, I definitely thought LeBron eclipsed Kobe uh, earlier than many people, uh, you know, in sort of the, the aughts when, when Kobe was sort of in the late, late latter part of his prime and LeBron was kind of coming up. Um, so I can't say I was often on Kobe's side of many of the debates that were happening. I took Shaq's side in the Shaq versus Kobe thing. Um, but he had a really remarkable career. Uh, and man, I mean, it's, it's remarkable to look at it and the, the different chapters that, that came with it. Um, so, you know, again, I, I, I processed everything that happened and the shock of it, the tragedy of it more as, kind of thinking of it just from like the human, the human side of, of the loss. Right. And, and just thinking about, you know, as someone who now has a, as a daughter, like the idea that, I mean, Kobe has a seven month old daughter who will never know him. Um, that's, that's just such a horrible thing to think for any, any family. Right. And obviously, thankfully his family has, um, a lot of comforts in life that, that the average family won't. These other families that suffered similar losses, the family that lost both parents, um, you know, it's just you can't even think about it. But, um, but yeah, there, I definitely experienced it more as sort of through that, that lens. But um, I can also understand, you know, I mean, you, you think, I don't know, you think about yourself as a fan of any team, you know, if your favorite ex-athlete who just retired were to tragically just be gone, right? I think everyone can relate to, being legitimately really sad. So I, I understand how a lot of fans would, um, you know, Laker fans in particular, and, and the larger than life stature that he had for, you know, for Laker fans in LA more generally. Um, I can understand that would be really emotional and difficult, you know, even though this is somebody that most of these fans never interacted with, never knew personally. Um, and he was a complicated guy, you know, I mean, you think about his story, um, you know, winning all these titles at an early age, he almost goes to prison, right? I mean, he could have gone to prison when the sexual assault uh, uh, trial happens, then charges get dismissed. He gets a second lease on life, literally, um, by by that, you know, that, that part of his life forking in the way it did. And in a lot of ways, um, I think in a lot of eyes, I mean, I think the public narrative really changed dramatically it's hard to imagine I, I don't know if it would have ha- if it would happen the same way if all that happened today but um you know he he really reshaped i think his legacy winning two more championships and i think showing a softer side later in his career and then i think certainly in these past couple of years since retiring you know that what he did um winning an oscar you know within two years of retiring from the nba um and the presence he had around women's sports in particular um which i think is again uh, it's it's an important part, I think, of sort of that redemptive arc to his life. And I think, um, you know, he, he meant a lot to, obviously, his daughters. Uh, he was one of the big supporters of WNBA and women's sports in general. Um, and so it, it feels almost, uh, it feels crueler knowing that, you know, he was going to his daughter's basketball game <laughs> when when all this happened. So, um, 
anyway, there's, there's no easy way to summarize it. I think others will obviously have much richer retrospectives of his career. Um, but I, I think it is interesting just to hear how different people have processed it. It's been interesting hearing different stories that people have had about interacting with him just to kind of get a more three-dimensional view of him as a person, because certainly in the early part of his career, you, you just didn't really get that. Yeah. So it's interesting. And, and again, we did like very briefly touch on this before we uh, started recording and you just sort of mentioned it there uh, in, in that little uh, section there. But for me as a, as a 29 year old that started watching basketball in the early two thousands, Kobe Bryant to me really was my, I guess my era is Michael Jordan and I was I was too young to see Michael Jordan. So I always find it difficult. And, and this has been one thing that I've always felt this way when, when people get into this big debate about, well, Michael Jordan's the best and uh, he's better than LeBron. And, and when I see people my age say that, I'm like, well, <laughs> how do you actually make that claim when you didn't live through that era and didn't understand what that actually meant to live in that era as a basketball fan? So for me when I was like really falling in love with the game of basketball, watching NBA, figuring out who my sort of idols were in, in that era, then, then Kobe was it for me. And there was, there was a bunch of other guys, obviously everyone that, that listens to the podcast regularly knows that Ray Allen was, was my favorite basketball player of all time. And that's, that's how I sort of uh, got attached to the Milwaukee Bucks. But uh, Kobe was that guy through that era and there was other players obviously Shaq was there and probably Dwayne Wade falls in that that era and and Dirk and all these guys but Kobe stood above them all for a number of reasons and the crazy thing to me when I think about what has happened over the last 24 36 hours is that anytime I think about Kobe right now I, I'm not thinking about his basketball career what I'm picturing is the image that everyone has seen with him at the basketball game with his daughter. Uh, just as we're recording this, I was watching uh, Kobe's last game against Utah a couple of years ago where he scored 60 points and it was incredible. And mm, it was yeah. also absolutely ridiculous because he took 50 shots. And <laughs> I, I remember watching at the time just thinking, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, but it's also incredible at the same time. And when I'm watching this game, uh, just just now, uh, I still the the thing that's sticking with me is is obviously Vanessa and his daughter or daughters on the sideline and how happy they were and the smiles they had, and it's, it's crazy to me that you have this guy that's going to go down as uh, one of the one of the the greatest to ever play the game, and and the memories and all I can think of and a lot of other people is is the father and the family and that in itself I think speaks to this uh, this tragedy more than anything that that. Uh, this is this is a guy that that is too young, forty one years old, uh, is too young for this to happen. And he spent his so time, uh, his whole life being so dedicated to playing basketball, and uh, his work ethic and competitiveness is is well known. But uh, you know, you you touched on it. I mean, a seven month old daughter, his other daughters. I mean, this is this is this is the really uh, tough thing to grasp for me when I think about this. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, you you kind of hinted at it. Um, you know, I grew up. I'm I'm uh, 
about a decade older than you and, and Eric as well. It's kind of funny. Like why, when I talk to you guys, a lot of times I sort of think of us as like similar ages, but no, I'm, I'm a lot older. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up, um, I, my, my parents got Bucks season tickets in 92. Um, I think the 91, 92 finals were the first finals that I watched. Um, so, you know, I, I, I had, my neighbor was from Chicago and so with the bulls or the bucks being pretty much irrelevant, uh, and David Robinson was my favorite player, but he was in the West and didn't make the finals in, or in those parts of his career. So I, I rooted for Jordan and the bulls in the finals. Um, I mean, throughout his career, cause I never liked the West teams that he was going against, but, um, but like, that was like they, the bulls ironically were, were kind of my, my playoff team. And. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I did have this perception of, of Jordan was kind of the benchmark because that's that's kind of who I grew up on um, in in the '90s, and and so yeah, I, I it's funny like when I look back now, and I kind of am surprised that you know the Kobe stands and, and how many people for how many people Kobe played such a massive role, um, you know, just in terms of their fandom of the NBA. I, I think it's I think it does have a lot to do with the fact that. I'm from that, you know, I'm a nineties NBA kid, but if you're a two thousands NBA kid, um, then, then Kobe was more of that guy. And, and, you know, he, it, it is remarkable. I don't, I don't know if, if Kane, if you saw it, um, or I'm sure some of, some of our listeners have seen it, but, uh, th- there was a montage done, uh, of Kobe versus Jordan and whoever edited this just did an incredible job basically showing, I mean, just a few minutes worth of them of like Kobe making the exact same moves on the exact same parts of the court as Jordan. And, um, yeah, I have seen, yeah, yeah, it is remarkable. Um, and it's not a coincidence, you know, I mean, very openly, you know, um, idolized Jordan and, um, the, the way he carried himself and, and obviously ultimately like competitiveness and the winning were, you know, really the closest, certainly by far the closest thing we've seen to Jordan than, you know, since, since, since Michael, um, but for me, it was more like, well, he's, he's just trying to be the original. Um, and, and, you know, I think as well, Michael Jordan was under the microscope that the Kobe's and, and now LeBron's were under. I think he probably would have been perceived a little bit less favorably um, than, than he was because uh, I think he got a free pass on some of the maybe harsher, harsher stuff around him himself in the 90s. But, um, but anyway, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of been helpful because I've always been a little – I never fully got why Kobe inspired quite so much um, allegiance, maybe, um, or uh, you know why why people loved him so much, uh, especially like the earlier and mid career Kobe. Um, I think as he aged and became mortal, I could understand it a bit more. Uh, and like most people, I mean, I was rooting for him when I, I I watched the fourth quarter of that that last game, and it is. I mean, they were down 10, 10 points with like two minutes to go. And, <laughs> Incredible. I mean, you know, he went from just one of the all-time chuckiest, like <laughs> selfish games ever to one of the most incredible performances down the stretch, just hitting shot after shot after shot. And, um, you know, what, a, what an incredible capper on uh, a 20-year career, right? I mean, the ups and downs, you know. Uh, almost getting traded the Bulls for Luol Deng and whatever other package it was going to be in, in, was it 2007 or 2008? I mean, just crazy sliding doors all over the place in his career, off court, on court. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, I, I don't, it's really hard to think of um, other events that have been just as, as just 
purely shocking, right? Uh, you know, as, as far as someone who was that close to their playing career, who was that, that magnitude of a star and to, you know, leave us in such a shocking, you know, way. I mean, this was not a, this was not self-inflicted. This was not, there was no underlying demons that caused it. This was just horrible, horrible luck. Right. I mean, just, I don't know how, how else to put it. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, it's going to, I'm, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see just how, how this, um, how long of a shadow this puts over this season. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know. I really have no, no idea what, what else it will mean for, uh, for this, for this NBA season, as far as what else we may see, but certainly, um, I expect we'll see lots of, lots of people thinking about Kobe, uh, throughout the rest of the season. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just remarkable. It's remarkable. A guy of that, of that stature also, it, it did not, he was, his, he was still so present in the game, you know? Um, you saw him courtside, as you mentioned with his daughter, Gianna, who of course was, you know, unfortunately the one that was, was on the plane with him. You know, he had the, that moment with Luka Doncic, um, you know, where he was talking to players after the game, including Luka, trash talking him and uh, during the game and, and uh, you know, just, just, he was still around and, um, and he kind of did it on his, his terms, um, which probably is, is one of the kind of signature things about, about Kobe was that, you know, love it or hate it. He kind of lived his life on his own terms and, didn't always work out maybe the way he wanted, but, um, you know, far, far more often than not, uh, things, things kind of went the way that, you know, they, they broke his way and maybe a testament to just his sheer force of will and the, the, you know, that, that quote unquote mama mentality. So you brought up what this means for this NBA season. And, uh, I was at Bucks practice today and it was the by far the the strangest feeling I've ever had, uh, and and obviously I've only been around the Bucks now for for, for last season and and a, a short period of this season, but it was certainly the strangest feeling I had walking into the practice facility. The amount of media <laughs> at this practice was incredible for a regular season game. Um, every TV station that was there, every radio station was there. And we know why that that is because everyone wanted to know what Giannis was going to say. And in some respects, that is in, in, an incredibly uncomfortable situation to be in. Uh, I, I myself, not that there's anything wrong with going there and asking questions, but I didn't ask a question the whole day because it, it felt really uncomfortable to be, uh, you know, asking these players questions under this spotlight when you know that they really don't want to talk. And it's a very tough situation for everyone. But I, I do want to bring something up and, and we can get into what Yana said a little bit more after this. But something that was interesting to me, because I, I see a lot of people when you talk about Kobe and, and I, I see a lot of people saying, well, I feel bad that I really hated that guy and, and during his career and, and now this has happened. But I, I will say I disagree with that. As far as the sportsman, I hated Kobe as well because he always beat your team. And I think that is the sign of a true uh, <laughs> legend or, or superstar in the game is that you're not supposed to like that guy. And I don't think that Kobe would have wanted you to like that guy. And it was interesting to me. I, I had to laugh when, when someone uh, asked Bud what his memories were of Kobe on court. And he said, I've got a lot of bad memories. And he started laughing straight away. 
Uh, he said, being in that Western Conference, you were always on the wrong end of Laker games. So I guess maybe I'm going to laugh at all those losses now. And then went on to t- talk about how much uh, or how uh, incredible he was as a player and competitive. And this is like, this is part of the great thing about sport for me anyway. Uh, yes, there's a human side to all this and we're experiencing that more than ever before. But this guy was the enemy when he played against the Bucks, And uh, I think now that's why it's been such a incredible transformation with the, the connection he has with Giannis. And all of a sudden he's become this like guy that is like the, the uh, inspiration for Giannis as a competitor, as an athlete, as a guy that continues to push Giannis as far as challenging him on Twitter to win the MVP and within two years, Giannis wins that MVP, goes to work out with him in the offseason before he wins that MVP. And all of a sudden, as you already pointed to, the narrative flipped really quickly. But uh, make no mistake, when, when Kobe was out there putting 30, 40, 50 points on your team, he was the enemy because he was so damn good. And the best thing about Kobe now is that, uh, as with all uh, good players, he had no fear of... of losing or no fear of missing a shot and if you look at his numbers in terms of game winners he missed a whole bunch but you never remember him because you remember the ones that he hit and for me uh, that's a sign of a, of a great player and and why the continued connection with Giannis is going to continue because uh, even there's something as simple as the the three-point shot that we talk about what every time you ask Giannis about his three he says well I can't be afraid to miss it doesn't matter if I miss it's, it's about the shots that I make that is something that Kobe always said. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Bucks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Milwaukee Bucks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Milwaukee Bucks fans that are well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to double three triple seven, or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get the team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you guys. The Lakers for the win. Kobe going up over Bell. Fall away. Yes! Yes! It's remarkable how we both remember where we were at that time. And again, this was Kobe playing the villain, um, not Team USA Kobe or at least wouldn't be a villain for me, maybe for you, given you're not American, <laughs> you're not American, <laughs> but um, do you want to, do you want to relay uh, what, what we're, you can tell your side of the story first with, um, you know, Kobe's, Kobe's, uh, Kobe's unfortunate game winner uh, that came into Milwaukee uh, a decade ago. Yeah. So this game, and again, I'm sure that most box fans that are listening remember this one as well. It was in 2009 and 
for me at that time, I just finished high school. So I was in the first year of my apprenticeship, which if anyone knows what I, I did in my past, it was not podcasting and covering basketball. Uh, I was, I was working at the time, uh, as, um, uh, with an apprenticeship to be a fitter and turner eventually would work in oil and gas. And it was really hot. It was hot. It was in, in Australia at that time. And I remember just, I was getting paid like absolute peanuts being a first year apprentice. Like it was just, it was bad times. And uh, I had to commute to work uh, each way, uh, at least an hour and a half it was to, to get to work uh, to make my uh, like nine bucks an hour or whatever I was making. And I remember the Bucks were playing the Lakers and it was a, a national TV game in Australia, which is for the Bucks to be on national TV. Like just, I mean, it just doesn't happen. Even with Andrew Bogut, it happened a little bit, but it was still rare. So I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm not going to look at the scores. And when I get home from work, uh, I'm going to really enjoy watching this game. So on the way home from work, I, I remember I, I got some beers and I was like, well, this is it. This is going to be a great night. I'm going to watch basketball. This is going to be fantastic. And the Bucks were great. Like they were fantastic in this game. Ersan Uyasova, I remember specifically, he hit some of the most bonkers, like step back threes that, by the way, 10 years later, he's 11 years later, he's still doing from time to time, which is ridiculous to think about in itself. <laughs> But it was just an incredible game. And I was like, oh, the Bucs are going to win this. Like, this is this is unbelievable. I I think they were up by maybe like six points with a minute to go or something like that. Uh, the game goes to overtime. And you know with the Bucs up one, you know they're going to lose. Like, you do. Like, you know that the, the, the only way this game is ending is with Kobe hitting uh, some sort of bullshit shot to, to sink the Bucs. And he did. And Charlie Bell, to his credit, defended Kobe pretty well. I mean, there's not much else he could have really done. And actually, there was, there was question marks over whether that was a travel, and I'll leave that up to everyone to, to watch and decide. <laughs> but he hits the shot, the Lakers win, and it's just one of those things. Like, the game meant nothing. The, the Bucks weren't, like, a great team. They weren't going to win the title that year. But it is just incredible that I remember that, exact day what i did before that game when i was watching that game i remember where i was it's it's incredible and i i, I mean you and when i said this to you i was shocked that you had a, a similar story not, not i mean you went in australia let's just let's clear that up but you you remembered the the uh the night yourself yeah and um so this was december 20 2009 i was in my second year of business school and um for so I, I used to work in the energy industry uh, and there was a United Nations climate change conference, the COP15 conference in Copenhagen that year. And so a number, there was a, one of our professors uh, said, Hey, well, let's see if we can go as students get, get uh, passes, whatever. And so a friend of mine said, yeah, okay, sure. Let's, let's do this. So we spent, you know, basically a week of our December break um, in Copenhagen sidebar not the best place to be in December, uh, Copenhagen, Denmark. Um, not exactly Australia. I'll say that. Uh, and um, we were staying in Malmo, Sweden, which is right across the border because uh, we couldn't find a hotel in uh, in Copenhagen. And um, you know, I, I don't know exactly how fast my internet connection was, but I found a like Chinese stream of uh, uh, well, actually no, maybe it was maybe. Now I had League Pass back then because this was. This was probably, um, I mean, this was only um, a month after 
the Brandon Jennings 55 point game, right? Um, yeah. So I had League Pass then. So maybe I was watching it on League Pass, but I was out of the country, so I don't know. Somehow I was watching it, but I was watching it on my computer, and I stayed up until God knows what, you know, middle of the night slash morning um, in friggin' Sweden watching this game <laughs> only to be um, let down by uh, Kobe hitting that shot. Uh, so, yeah, I, I also remember where I was. And, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, games like that, I think of Dirk Nowitzki hit the game winner mm-hmm. uh, with using uh, a very friendly role uh, to beat the Bucks. I remember Derek Rose hitting an insane step back on Brandon Jennings, um, probably maybe a couple years later. Um, it it felt like for the longest time, our destiny as Bucks fans was to watch these superstars come in, and that plucky Bucks team would give them a run for their money, yeah. and then. You know, at the end of the day, the big brother would, uh, you know, stick it to the little brother uh, and and win the game. And so, um, it is it is funny just to think, sort of think back to to those times, right? <laughs> and it was a very long time where that just sort of seemed to be the Bucks' lot in life. Which, of course, is ironic because you know the 9 10 team that was the best Bucks team, right. um, really, up until you know from basically between the the, the Eastern Conference Finals team of two thousand one. And last year, I mean, that was really the best team that, that we'd seen. So, um, yeah, it's uh, strange, to, strange to look back. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's still, I mean, uh, just reading my Twitter timeline, it, it, so many people just seem to keep tweeting that they still can't believe that that just happened. And um, I, I totally get it, you know, even even not having the same emotional connection to Kobe and, and, you know, and, and fandom of his. Um, I don't think that, I don't think that means you can't experience just the shock and, and uh, appreciate how, how tragic it is. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. And I don't know what, what, what exactly the NBA kind of does from here. I'm, I'm sure we'll see lots of tributes to Kobe throughout the season and um we'll see what uh what else they they kind of think about because again we're we're kind of in um kind of in sort of uncharted waters um you know i was listening to bill simmons um do kind of his retrospective and um you know he the only thing he could compare it to really as far as nba like shocking nba things was in 91 when when magic announced that he had hiv which you know i I actually do remember that. That was before I was really a basketball fan, but I still remember where I was when that happened. I remember being in my living room um, and that being on the news and, you know, with how little we knew about AIDS and, um, you know, obviously the, the medical, the, you know, progress that's been made in terms of treatment. Obviously we didn't necessarily know that was going to happen, but, you know, it felt like, it felt like a death sentence, you know, hearing magic do this. It was like, Oh my God, we're going to have to watch magic die. And so it's, um, it's, it's, strange you know to think back uh at that and you know thank god we still have magic and he's seems healthy and you know it's hard to imagine you know that things going better for him since that horrible day in in 1991 but you know to have kobe uh you know who's so much younger and and literally just just stepped off the court a couple years ago to to lose him in just such a sudden and unexpected way it's um it's just a shock to the system, I think, as, as sports fans. And I think just a reminder, you know, as if we didn't need it, but um, 
just a reminder how precious life is. And, you know, again, it's, uh, if you have kids, maybe I think it, it affects you in maybe a little bit different way. Um, but it just makes you kind of, I don't know, just puts everything in perspective for sure. So the Bucks do play a game tonight, which is kind of hard to think about. And I, I know a, a lot of the, the Twitter, um, I guess, chatter from, from um, people that I follow or, or, or followers of mine was, was or were wondering about Giannis and, and how he was doing. So Giannis did speak today at practice. And uh, I know there was a lot of people that were interested with the fact that he um, did uh, deactivate, I guess, his social media, but uh, there was obviously no chatter about that. I don't think that's the, the appropriate time to, to ask about that. Uh, but I know that mm, people respond to these things differently. And I know some people soak it all up and, and look at all this stuff and read every story possible. I'm not one of those people. I haven't really read anything because I, I find that really difficult to do. And I would imagine for someone that did have a connection with him and had spent time with him, that that might be um, something that you would want to do to try and avoid that. So I, 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 all I can say is that Giannis was at practice today. He was out and uh, with the team on the floor. He spoke a little bit uh, after practice and, and he certainly didn't want to go deep into any of his feelings or, or talking about the situation, which is totally uh, understandable. I, I don't think that, he really wanted to speak at all, but uh, he, he did come out and front the media and, and answer a bunch of questions. And uh, he spoke about what Kobe meant to him, uh, the, the competitor that he is and how he drove him. Uh, and one of the interesting things that he said at the, at the end of this, this media uh, availability was that uh, he was asked how it felt to get out and practice and whether that was a thing that was positive for him and he felt better about being out on the floor and uh, his answer was uh, that he thought it might help him feel better because it did when his own father passed away. So he said, at the end of the day, you think to yourself, is this worth it? Playing basketball for 20 years and then living for three and a half and being gone. Is it actually uh, worth going, all th- going through all this pressure, all this media? Is actually this worth it? And it was interesting that he said that and he went on to say that for him, it's 100% worth it and he's going to keep playing basketball and he's going to keep trying to be uh, the best player that he can be and, and continue on that path to greatness. But that, that sentence in itself or that, that uh, stretch of words for mine, again, I was listening to him say that I was looking at him. You could tell that he was visibly uh, struggling with, with the last 24 hours and, and to hear him say that, uh, I think for everyone, again, I know I keep coming back to this, but it, it does make you realize that this is, this is, uh, this is a lot more than, than basketball and it's, uh, and it's life and, and it means a lot to a lot of people. And, and obviously you've seen the emotion around the league and how people have responded to this, but to hear that from uh, who is the best player in the world right now, probably uh, almost definitely uh, uh, going to become back-to-back MVP for him to say that, uh, it does make you realize what... Uh, this means to a bunch of people and and for someone as family orientated as Giannis, this is probably going to take some time for him to get over. But uh, the the crazy thing is that they're going to play a game tonight. And and the Bucks did say, Giannis said, and also uh, Bud commented that they, they don't know what they're going to do for Kobe tonight against Washington, but there will be some sort of um, respects paid as we've seen across the league. And uh, we'll wait to see what they do, but uh, it's going to be a strange feeling at this game tonight for uh, to just, 
put all that aside and, and realize that the season's going to roll on. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, what better way to, to honor Kobe than to mm. play play hard, be competitive. I mean, that's, yeah. that's I think, what, what Kobe w- would have done and would have wanted. And, um, you know, it, it was interesting. I mean, the Lakers uh, postponing their game here on Tuesday – a couple of days after uh, the accident, um, you know, other teams obviously playing on Sunday, I mean, literally right after, which was interesting. Crazy. I mean, um, I don't know if anybody really knew what the right move was, was yeah. there, but um, you know, I think ultimately it was, it was kind of cool that they did play because we got to see, you know, Trey young wearing a number eight Jersey, uh, you know, at the start of the game in, in Atlanta, um, you know, teams taking eight second and 24 second violations, start games. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, there's no right answer here, but I, I thought it was, it was kind of cool that, um, that we got to see teams and players honoring him um, like that. Almost when the, and again, it's maybe selfish to say this, but with the emotions so clear, right. Um, it, it was, it was cool to see guys fighting through that. I mean, Devin Booker had a massive game. He was like practically crying at the start of the game on the floor, which I've never seen before um and you know these guys using that as inspiration to to play at at this very high level so um i would expect nothing less of of Giannis than to um and the rest of the bucks and everybody else to you know play the way that they're capable of playing and um i'm sure there will be a lot of tributes uh in not just the days but but weeks and months to come so um yeah can't say i was expecting to do a podcast on kobe bryant and uh, really wish we, we didn't have any reason to, but um, I hope folks who were expecting Bucks talk maybe understand why we took a little bit of a detour today. Yeah, it's funny. I, I was thinking about this through the day, and, and obviously we didn't have a podcast on Monday. I, yesterday uh, being Sunday, I just I didn't even know which direction to take that if, if we did have a podcast. And even today, I told you I, I considered doing a solo one and I, I literally like hit record and I tried to start 10 times and I was like, I don't really know how to do this. So I appreciate that uh, you were <laughs> able to jump on so late with me because I don't think I would have been able to do it myself. But it, it is crazy. I was thinking about all the, the great coverage that's been and the stories from people that really knew him and, and were connected to him. And even maybe some of the other podcasts from teams that, uh, I mean, we had one story from one game winner, uh, but it, you know, it's crazy to think if you're a Spurs fan or one of these teams out West and this guy is, is continuously tortured your team in the playoffs, how long you could talk about the, the memories you have of, of <laughs> this guy crushing your uh, sports dreams for your team. But as, as, uh, people that watch the Bucks and, and cover the Bucks, it, it hasn't quite been the case. But even still, we still had uh, one memory that, that we could touch on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely unexpected that we would have to do this. And, uh, you know, certainly not something you want to have to talk about. But uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see, as you said, how the, how the league continues to uh, deal with this and move forward towards uh, an, another postseason and not one that anyone expected to have without Kobe but again uh, I appreciate you taking the time to jump on with me and we will be back tomorrow night the Bucks have a game they got the Wizards they, it's, it's been a strange week all around because the Bucks have not played a lot of basketball obviously back 
from Paris. They have this game on Tuesday. Then they have another few days off before they play on Friday. But uh, we will be able to recap a game and recap what uh, the Bucks end up doing uh, to honor Kobe and, and the events on the weekend, his family and the other, the other victims in that helicopter crash. But for Frank Madden and myself, Ken Goodman, we'll speak to you guys next time.